I speak to you now in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Our gospel passage this morning opens up with a little bit of commentary. Jesus is, is giving, his, uh, giving us a, a little bit of commentary on our Old Testament lesson. Our Old Testament lesson chronicles uh, the children of Israel as they, they move through the desert. You know the story. They've, they've been released from, uh, from Pharaoh and they've been moving through the desert. God has protected them and been with them every step of the way. He has caused a, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And everything that they needed, God provided. God's deliverance was so strong that the scriptures say that not even a dog could bark against them. And as they go, uh, their clothes don't wear out. Everything they need, God provides. When they're hungry, God provides manna from heaven. When they're thirsty, he opens up a rock and gives them water to drink. And they complained that bread, the bread from heaven wasn't enough, and so God gave them quail, and it literally came out of their noses. God gave them everything they needed. And here in this, in the story, in the Old Testament, we see God has had enough. They're complaining about the food because the, the menu items on their desert buffet didn't suit their fancy. They were tired of eating the same old, same old, doing the same old, same old, so they complained against God. God, in his anger, caused serpents to come up and bite the children of Israel. And while, uh, before we get, we, get, we get too depressed here, we, we understand that God's anger is only for a moment. But his favor is for a lifetime. God is full of mercy, full of compassion. And although he was angry, he devises a plan. And he, ha- he speaks to Moses and he tells Moses to fashion uh, what's, what was known as the neshiftim. This is the, uh, uh, the, the serpent on a, on a staff. And, and I first thought it was kind of like a glorified, uh, like a glorified uh, shepherd's uh, staff. You know, maybe uh, it was straight and uh, had the serpent uh, out of bronze uh, wrapped around it. Shifting just means uh, bronze serpent. And so I thought maybe it was just a, a regular staff, maybe, and the serpent was wrapped around it. But, I, but as I did some study, I, I discovered that it was more uh, like a cross, like the staff was here and the, the serpent was laid on top of it. And God blessed it and he said, uh, whoever was to, was to look at the serpent, uh, if they were bitten, they would be made alive and they would be made well. So God brought healing through this, through this device. But it wasn't, then, uh, it wasn't the, the first time that that happened. It wasn't the first time that happened. God, they were amazed, the children of Israel were amazed that uh, this healing had taken place, and so they held on to this neshiftim. And we see this neshiftim again in the book of Kings. Only this time it's not good. You see, uh, the children of Israel kind of held on to this thing, and they, they liked the magic power that it had. They thought that, that this staff in and of itself had power rather than God. So they began to worship this, this staff. And we see in the book of 2 Kings that Hezekiah, who was king at the time, who wanted to set right order and was tired of seeing uh, the people of God uh, worship idols, he had this, this neshiftim destroyed. He had this staff destroyed. But it wasn't the first time 
that men had turned their attention from God to a serpent. It wasn't the first time either that they had, that men had been betrayed by the bite, death. You see, uh, in, in Genesis, in the beginning, uh, a similar story has taken place. If you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and turn with me uh, to Genesis uh, chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. When you have it, say amen so I know you're there. If not, the si- I will take your silence as that you're still looking. It's the first book of the Bible. Amen. 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 <laughs> Try like page two or three. <laughs> oh, it's three in your Bible. Absolutely, it's three. I'm going to read uh, the beginning of uh, the end of chapter two for some context, and then we'll jump in uh, to, chapter, to chapter three. God had just made man. This is the creation story in Genesis chapter two. And Adam is fresh out. Well, not fresh out of the womb. Uh, but, but fresh out of the dust, if you will, right? He is uh, brand new. Uh, and I can tell that God really isn't a youth pastor. I can tell that he's not a youth pastor because the very first thing he does is he gives Adam a stru- set of instructions and he tells them what not to do. And those of you who have raised kids, you know the sure thing, the sure way to get your kids to do what you don't want them to do is to tell them not to do it. Yesterday, I was, uh, we had a youth event at Sky Zone, and uh, my, my goddaughter was there, and we were trying to get her to smile, right? Uh, trying to get her to smile, and, and we kept do, making funny faces and doing all these things and asking her to smile, and she wasn't having it. I mean, she's a real spitfire, right? Real personality, and she wasn't having it. But then when we told her not to smile, all of a sudden, she lights up, and we're able to take this picture. Over and over again, God tells us to do things. And we do the opposite. Here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, starting at verse 16, it says, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You shall surely eat of every fruit of the tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you will surely die. And then we get to the romantic part, right? And God said it's not good for man to be alone. And so he creates for him a helper. And I know Eve must have been fine because uh, if you look at the Hebrew, it, it, uh, Adam, after he sees her, breaks out into a song. He breaks out into some poetry, and we hear it all the time at weddings, right? It says, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. For this reason, right, men shall leave his mother and his father and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. They shall become one flesh. She was good looking. And then we get to the fall. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now remember, God had already created uh, the, the birds and, and everything there, what there was. We get a little commentary about this serpent that we've been talking about. We get a little commentary on it. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than the other beasts of the field that the Lord God had made. Here's what he says to the woman. He said to the woman, Did God actually say to you, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Already we get some, some, some added words there that God didn't say. But the serpent said to the woman, 
You will not, you shall surely not die, for God knows that when you eat of the tree, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so that she ate. She gave it to her husband, and he ate. She began to desire something that God said she shouldn't have. Commentators argue about it, uh, whether God was going to give it to her, give it to him eventually or not. But, but nevertheless, not yet. God said no. And we already see sin kind of, kind of being birthed in her heart, where she starts to desire things that she shouldn't have. Verse eight it says, "Then the couple, the two." Heard the sound of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves in the present, from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman that you gave me that you gave to be with me. She gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent that you, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Already they're playing the blame game. Sin is at full work, and it's not my fault. It's, it's this person's fault, and it's not my fault. It's that person's fault. And it goes on and on and on. And then God says something unique to the serpent. He says, He He says, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and above all the beasts of the field. And on your belly you shall go and the dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Here's the part. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head. You shall strike his heel. He shall bruise your head and he shall strike is healed. All of this comes about because of sin. Because of this desire. They, both, in both stories, both the Old Testament lesson and this story here in Genesis, we see that people desire things other than God. They, they want more. They don't think that God is enough. They have God. They have all the provision. They have everything they need. Adam and Eve have the tree and the garden and everything they need. And, and the children of Israel, God has providing every step, been providing every step of the way, but they're convinced that it's not enough. They believe the lie of the serpent, that it's not enough. You've got your Bibles. Go ahead and turn to James chapter 3. This time it's in the back of the Bible. Go all the way to Revelations and turn a few pages. Just past 1 Peter. Both the children of Israel and Eve, Adam and Eve, they were led away from God, from the presence of God, by their own desires. James tells us, in James 1, verse 13, Let no one, let no one say when he is tempted that I am be, being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. And when, and when desire has conceived and gives birth, it gives birth to sin. And sin, 
when it is fully grown, brings about death. In both stories, both the children of Israel and Adam and Eve die as a result of talking to the serpent, hanging out with the serpent, getting too friendly, too close to the serpent, complaining, wanting something other than God. Adam and Eve die a spiritual death. In the story on our Old Testament lesson in Numbers, they die a physical death, and yet God has a plan. In both stories, God has a plan. And getting back to this, this staff, uh, uh, God's plan was to heal them by allowing them to look upon the staff. And I mentioned before that the staff was in the shape uh, of a cross. That the staff was in the shape of a cross. And I submit to you that all of us, all of us in this room, have fallen away, have become enticed by our own desires. And all of us have chosen the rebellious way like children and gone off and done the things that we know we shouldn't be doing, the things that God told us not to do. He tells us that life is precious, and yet we murder. He says you can have a wife, and that's not good enough, so we commit adultery. He says you should, you, he gives us everything we need, and yet we covet our neighbor's good. He gives us the truth of his word, and yet we consistently believe a lie. Serpent is whispering. And just like the, in, 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 in the Old Testament, Numbers, where the serpent is lifted up and it brings forth life, Jesus Christ has also been lifted up. And that's what he's talking about in, in John. Go ahead and turn back to John. I know you're using your Bibles a lot today. I know. It's all right. We are in church. <laughs> so I don't apologize. John chapter 3, again, at verse 14. And, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him might have eternal life. Adam and Eve, God is spiritual death. Children of Israel, they came back to life. They died a, a, a physical death. But they, they came back to life, but later... They died again. But, but see, sin isn't, isn't that simple. It, it, it plays for keeps. Satan plays for keeps. And so the death, that, 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 that's, that's one that we should be worried about. It's not, a, uh, it's not so much a physical death as it is an eternal one. Eternal separation from God. Christ says, hey, if you look to me, Whoever believes in me, if you look to me, I will give you life. And not life just in this world, but life in the world to come. Then we get to the, we get to the part that everyone knows and understands, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that through the world, uh, that the world through him might be saved. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever believes whoever does not believe is condemned already, because they do not believe in him and the only Son of God. 
this is the judgment that light has come into the world and people have loved their darkness rather than because their deeds were evil. But everyone who comes, everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not want to come to the light lest his works be exposed. The verse 20, 21. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that the work has been carried out. All of us. All of us have wanted something other than God. Jesus Christ is the He died to save us. See, all of us have been beaten by curse. All of us have this poison of sin in us. Covetousness. Name the sin. You know yourself better than I do. All of us have been poisoned by the But if you look at the not just our physical body, but our soul. The famous theologian who said, There is a man, even one, the man Christ. power of the world, the, the, the devil, he's going to offer us anything we want. And we have two options. We can either choose the things of God or we can choose the desires of the world. Those are our two options. We, we can choose the things of God or we can choose the desires to walk after the desires of this world. And in Christ, we have another way. We have another option. Christ is God redeem us, to cure us from the poison. And through faith in Him, we can live in We all have that hunger. You're hungry. You want something that satisfies I am true bread. I am living water. If you hunger, come to me. If you're thirsty, come to me. You don't need a rock. You don't, you, you don't, you don't, I, I am the bread that came down from heaven. I am the bread that came down from heaven and death. I will sustain you. I will give you life. You will have life more abundant in me. Jesus Christ is the true bread that came down from heaven. And those who believe in him are not deceived. Those who believe in him indeed have life and life. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.